Hi guys, welcome back to Macabre Fluent. I'm your host, Cass. And today we are going to be talking about Richard Chase Bourne, also known as the Vampire of Sacramento. So Richard Chase Bourne was born on May 23rd, 1950 in Sacramento, California. He grew up in a a strict household, lots of rules, and his dad was extremely strict with him. And but at the same time, he was also physically abusive. So he would also beat Richard. Uh, Meanwhile, his mom did nothing but so not the best household to grow up in. So by the time Richard was 10, he had exhibited all three parts of the McDonald triad, which if you don't know what that is, it is a theory developed by J.M. McDonald that suggests that an individual is going to develop uh, psychopathy. And the three habits are arson, which is setting fires, cruelty to animals, and bedwetting. Um, and eventually, by the time he was an adolescent, so like 11 or 12, uh, Richard was already a heavy drug user. <laughs> Once Richard became a teenager, he uh, became an alcoholic, and he started to kill and mutilate animals, and also his um, obsession with like starting fires really grew. So again, the three habits from the triad were just expanding. Um, In high school, he dated some girls, but he never had a steady relationship because he couldn't keep or even achieve an erection. Um, He seemed unable to become aroused in the presence of females. So this really bothered him. So he actually sought help for this. He went to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist told him that his issue, his his inability to achieve and keep an erection was caused by repressed rage and or mental illness which he had both um but after this after this diagnosis he didn't seek any more treatment he just kind of lived with it um later though after the fact um it was determined that richard actually had an aversion to conventional sex and he would only become aroused and could only orgasm if if he was committing violent or disturbing acts like killing or necrophilia so yes richard becomes a necrophiliac (laughs) so in his early adulthood he actually ended up developing hypochondria along with all of his other mental illness issues um he started to complain that his heart would stop beating or that someone had stole his pulmonary artery he just had a lot of concerns about his heart um he also wanted to was worried about his uh his his vitamin intake so he would hold oranges up to his head and he thought that the vitamin c from the orange was being absorbed into his brain through diffusion so as you can tell this man is like seriously mentally ill um on top of that he also thought that his cranial bones in his head of his aka his skull he thought they were moving around so he actually shaved his head so he could he could watch it and like keep an eye on it, keep track of like how his bones were moving. I mean, obviously they weren't moving, but again, he's seriously mentally ill. Um, eventually, his father forced him to move out because he started to accuse his mother of poisoning him, which she wasn't. But his father was like, "You need to leave." So his father got him an apartment, and they moved him in, and he's he was living by himself, which was not the best thing. So now that Richard is living alone, it kind of um, made his mental illnesses and his beliefs worse. 
so this is when he started acting on the things he believed like at this point richard started to believe that his heart was shrinking so to keep it from shrinking he would capture kill and disembowel all kinds of animals all kinds of smaller animals um he would devour them raw and then eventually he began to put their entrails into a blender and drink it like a smoothie you know quick easy on the go um it's nasty but he said it he he said and he believed that by doing this he was keeping his heart from shrinking because he believed that if his heart shrank too much it would disappear and he would die again he one of the big things he's dealing with is hypochondria so it's not really surprising (laughs) so at this point in richard's life he actually ends up being institutionalized so Uh, Richard was sent to the hospital because he had injected rabbit's blood directly into his veins and this gave him a severe case of blood poisoning. So he was sent to the hospital and the hospital sent him just to like a mental hospital, a mental institution because he was a danger to himself. He actually ended up escaping and going home to his mother. They apprehended him, but after that they actually sent him to an institution for the criminally insane. Um... While he was there, he shared with the staff that he had fantasies of, like, drinking rabbit's blood, and he just seemed to really have this blood fixation, so the staff started to call him Dracula. Um, One time, they actually found him in his room, and he had blood smeared all around his mouth, and they found that he had caught two birds through the window in his room. He snapped their necks, and then he drank their blood. Um, He was also known to extract blood from therapy dogs with stolen syringes, which is fucking crazy. But obviously, this man is diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Um, He went through, like, several different treatments. Uh, A lot of them involved psychotropic drugs, which actually really just exacerbated his his illnesses. And it didn't really help. It just kind of made it worse. But at this point, Richard was actually deemed no longer a danger to society, so he was actually released back into his parents' care. Um, His mother decided that her son didn't need anti-schizophrenic medication, so she started to wean him off his meds. Like, woman, what are you doing? (laughs) So she weaned him off, and then they put him back in his apartment. But this time he had roommates, which they are said to be like friends but uh no, they they did not know him they were just other people living in the apartment so they started to get really uh fed up with richard because he, first of all he's weird he's on all kinds of drugs he's weird but he was also known to like walk around in the nude even when like his roommates had like people over he was he just didn't give a fuck he just walked around in the nude and they asked him several times to move out and he wouldn't so instead they all moved out so now richard is alone again (laughs) now that richard is alone again he continues his old antics he starts to capture torture and drink the blood of rabbits cats and dogs which really pisses me off if i if you needed another reason to hate this guy um he even started to do this with neighbors pets um, and one time he actually contacted the neighbor of whom he'd taken their pet and killed it and drank its blood. And he actually confessed everything to them, which is crazy. Like, like what did this neighbor do? Did they call the police? Did they get a restraining order? Did they move? It's just, I, he's fucking insane. Um, 
now he's also um, developing a fascination with firearms and he actually at this point bought several handguns and would practice like all the time like excessively um he also developed a fascination uh for the crimes of the hillside strangler um he believed that the hillside strangler was also a victim of the nazi ufo conspiracy that he believed was after him he believed that nazi ufos were poisoning him were turning his blood to powder and he believed that the hillside strangler was also a victim of this there was a day in 1977 where he went home to his mom's house or to his parents' house. He rang the doorbell. His mom answered. He greeted her by thrusting a dead cat in her face. And then he threw it on the ground, knelt down, ripped its stomach open with his bare hands, stuck his hands inside the cat, and smeared its blood all over his face, all while screaming. Just screaming. And you know what his mom did? She just quietly and calmly went back into the house shut the door and didn't report the incident to anyone so like as much as i as i as like richard chase is to blame i'm still thinking like why why was his mother like this like why didn't she report it why like why why i have so many questions for her why another incident that happened in uh 1977 on august 3rd um police actually discovered richard's truck just abandoned near uh pyramid lake in nevada it was a it was like a nature reservation so they found his truck it's abandoned it has two rifles in it there's bloody clothes and a bucket of blood and a cow's liver in this in this truck so they go they obviously go looking for him and they find him and he's naked and he's fucking covered in blood from head to toe um when they asked like whose blood it was he said that it was his own blood and that it had leaked out of him through his flesh. Um, but after an investigation, they discovered that the blood was cow actually cow's blood. So there were no charges filed. So he actually, yeah, he's just, he's just slowly losing his mind. <laughs> then later in the year 1977, on December 27th, he actually fired a .22 handgun into the home of a woman in Sacramento. It was just super random. He just shot through the front window. Um, the police came. They searched her home. They didn't find anything. No one was harmed. But he wasn't caught. And it was just super random. And you'll see how this comes into play later. On December 29th, 1977... Richard actually committed his first murder. It was a drive-by shooting, and he actually called it, like, a warm-up for, like, the crimes he was planning to commit, which is super fucked up. Um, his first victim was Ambrose Griffin. He was 51. He had two sons. Um, he was shot while he was helping his wife bring groceries in, which is so sad. Uh, his son, one of his sons, actually said that he'd seen a neighbor earlier in the week carrying around a .22 rifle just walking around the neighborhood with it um the police actually went and they seized this rifle but it was actually determined to not be the same .22 that had killed their father um but it did match the .22 that was used to shoot into that woman's that random woman's house so they did manage to link those two on January 11th, 1978, Richard 
committed his second murder. So he, on this day, he asked his neighbor for a cigarette and then he forcibly restrained her till she gave him the whole pack, which is fucking stupid. So he is starting to become violent. Uh, Two weeks later, he attempted to enter the home of another woman, but the door was locked. Um, So he he ended up telling investigators later that um, when he would wander around and like just try to go into people's houses if the door was locked he took that as a sign that he wasn't welcome and he would literally just walk away um if the door was unlocked he considered that an invitation and he would just fucking walk right in so so he he tries to get in this woman woman's house the door's locked so he just starts to wander around and he actually bumps into a girl named nancy holden who he'd gone to high school with And he tried to get her to give him a ride, but because of how fucking crazy this man's looks, like, at this point, he's practicing no personal hygiene, so he smells, he's dirty, he's gross, he's skinny, he's gross. He's just gross. So she looks at him and she's like, yeah, no. (laughs) Smart girl, Nancy, smart girl. So after this, he he wanders down the street, and he, he ends up, it said he broke into the home of, but I don't know if, like, he jiggled the handle and it was open so he just went in either way it said he broke into the home of this young married couple and they actually weren't home at the time and he stole some of their valuables he fucking pissed in the drawer of their infant's clothing like just pissed on their clothes and then he took a shit on the infant's bed which like what the fuck um but the couple actually ended up coming home while he was still in the house and the husband like attacked Richard and Richard managed to escape and he just fucking managed to get out it was super fucking weird and random though um after this he is still going around trying to enter homes um and he enters the home of David and Teresa Whalen um David unfortunately was at work so Teresa was home alone and she was three months pregnant, which it makes it, it's so sad. Um, she was actually in the middle of taking out the trash, so the front door was unlocked, so she could just come back inside. So he goes in, then she comes in, and he surprises her, and he, sh- he shot her three times. Once in the hand, which was a defensive wound, and then twice in the head. Um, this was the same gun, with all with the same gun that he'd killed Ambrose Griffin with. Um, then he dragged Teresa's body into the bedroom and had sex with her corpse while stabbing her with a butcher knife. Um, when he was finished, he carved her body open, uh, removed several organs and used a bucket to collect the blood that was running out of her corpse. It's then said that he took the bucket of blood into the bathroom and put it in the bathtub and that he bathed in it um he then cut off her nipple drank her blood uh which supposedly he used a yogurt cup like a yogurt container as a cup to drink her blood and just to fucking the icing on the cake he went into the yard found a pile of dog shit and went back into the house to shove this dog shit down Teresa's throat. Which is fucking disgusting. He is a piece of shit. And he... I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he ever really gets what's coming to him, to be honest. But we'll see. 
So on January 23rd, 1978, this is just literally two days after killing Teresa, he bought two puppies from one of his neighbors, and then he uh, killed and drank their blood, and then he just very kindly left the bodies on his neighbor's front lawn, because of course he would. Um, On January 27th, actually, he committed his third and final murder. Is this his third? Yeah, this is his third. Um, Which, as you can tell, he's kind of doing them very close. I mean, he committed them all within a month. I think this is his sixth. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. This is, like, his third time. But he... You'll see. You'll see. Um, (laughs) So he enters the home of 38-year-old Evelyn Maroth. Um, She was actually babysitting her 22-month-old nephew, David. Um... And she also had a six-year-old son, Jason, and he ha- she also had a friend over Dan- named Dan Meredith. Um, I guess he was actually her neighbor, and he had, like, come over to check on her. Um, she was actually in the bath, and Dan was her neighbor friend, was watching the kids. Um, and so, like, Chase enters his home, and Dan confronts him, and Chase just shoots him in the head at point-blank range with the same fucking handgun. And obviously killed him. Uh, then he he went through Dan's shit on that was on him. He took his wallet and he took his car keys. Um, Jason, the six-year-old, runs to Evelyn's bedroom. And then this is where Chase actually um, fatally shot Jason twice in the head. And um, on, when he, while he was going to kill Jason, he actually also shot the 22-month-old in the head too which is so sad. RIP these children. It's so sad. Um, so then he goes into the bedroom. Uh, he's, he's in the bedroom. He turns, he goes into the bathroom and he fatally shoots Evelyn in the head just one time. Um, then he drags her, her body, lays it on the, the bed and also has sexual intercourse with it. Um, he drank her blood by slicing the back of her neck. Um, it says that uh, later when medical examiners were studying the crime scene, um, it sa- they said there was, like, a lot of semen on the corpse and in the corpse, um, which meant he had, like, multiple orgasms, which is super gross. So um, after he was all done with that, he stabbed her at least half a dozen times in, in the butthole. <laughs> Uh, the knife actually penetrated her uterus and then he stabbed her in like vital points on the body so there was like blood from her internal organs started to pool in her abdomen and then he sliced her abdomen open and drained the blood into a bucket and then he consumed all of the blood so Loki that makes me think he kind of knew what he was doing which is sick um so once he drank all drank a whole fucking bucket full of blood he went to retrieve the 22 months old two, 22 month old's corpse david and he took it into the bathroom he split his skull open in the bathtub and cons- ate he ate some of the the brain matter um outside someone knocked on the door um and this scared Richard, so he actually fled the scene, 
he stole Dan Meredith's car. Dan was the neighbor. Um, the The girl saw this and she went and told the told an, the other neighbor, I guess, <laughs> since Dan's dead. And the neighbor um, broke in broke into like Meredith's home, or no, broke into Eve- Evelyn's home. Yes, right, Evelyn. Yeah, um, broke in Evelyn's home. Saw the fucking bodies. Uh, and obviously called the police, duh. And the police come and they, they go into the house and they actually find that Richard, this stupid fucking twat, has left perfect handprints and perfect shoe prints in, in the blood, in Evelyn's blood. So it was going to be an easy, easy time to catch him. So meanwhile... Uh, David, no, David's corpse was actually with Richard. He had taken him. Um, oh God, this is so gross. Um, Richard actually chopped off David's penis and used it as a straw to suck out all the blood in his body, which is gross. Um, then he cut open the body uh, ate several internal organs and used the others to make his famous smoothies. And then he got rid of the corpse at a nearby church. So that was his last and most brutal murder. And it makes me, like, it makes me, I feel sick. I feel sick. (laughs) Okay, um... FBI agents Russ for Pagel and Robert Ressler were called in to investigate this scene. They had a profile of the killer. They determined that he would be tall, malnourished, a loner, physically unclean, and that he would continue to kill, which all these were fucking spot on. Um, Five days after this fucking mass murder and after hearing the FBI's profile of the killer nancy holden remember the girl that richard bumped into and asked for a ride and she refused contacted the police and told them that she believed richard could be the killer um they ran a background check on richard and they came across his registration of a .22 caliber semi-automatic pistol so they they broke into his apartment they asked to speak with him he refused um they actually after after he refused they left but they hid in the hallway um and waited for him to leave and then arrested him when he left the apartment carrying a bloodstained box um his his coat and his shoes were also bloodstained um they went in to like search his apartment and basically like everything was covered in blood just fucking floor to ceiling everything is covered in blood um they asked chase like what the fuck um and he said it was because he had killed several dogs um but the police said that smells like bullshit so they they physically searched chase and there is dan meredith's wallet the guy whose car he stole after shooting him in the head um 
yeah, so again, just everything's covered in blood. He has, like, human organs in his, in his, um, fridge for eating, obviously. Um, they also find, uh, like, multiple diagrams that show different aspects of human biology. So, Richard was also studying up to, to, to commit these, these terrible, terrible murders. So, in 1979, he, Richard, stands trial for six counts of murder. Um, To avoid the death penalty, the defense tried to have Chase found guilty of second-degree murder, which would be a life sentence instead of a death sentence. Um, They, it really hinged on his history of mental illness, and they tried to say that he didn't plan his crimes, um, and that there was evidence that these murders were not premeditated, which, I mean, he was walking, he was basically walking around trying to go into people's houses and kill them, really, like, like, but anyway, on May 8th, the jury found Richard guilty of six counts of first-degree murder, um, they asked for a clemency hearing, but the judge said that Chase wasn't wasn't legally insane which he wasn't and he was actually sentenced to die in the gas chamber um so while chase is in prison um the other inmates are really uh there's they're literally they're scared of him because of how violent and brutal the murders he committed were so they actually used to kind of like convince him to commit suicide (laughs) because none of them were brave enough to get near him to kill him um so he's in jail he's waiting to get gassed um he actually gave a series of interviews and this is when he a lot of his delusions really came out so he said that he feared nazis and ufos he claimed that even though he'd killed these people, it wasn't his fault that he, he in a way, had been forced to to keep himself alive, which he thought anyone would do. Anyone would do that. Um, he asked the interviewer if he could give him access to a radar gun so he could apprehend the Nazi UFOs and that the Nazis could stand trial for the murders because it was their fault because they were the ones trying to kill him. Um, he also at one point handed the interviewer like a handful of macaroni and cheese. Um which he'd just been hoarding a shit ton of it in his pants pockets because he thought that the prison officials were in league with the Nazi UFOs and were trying to poison him. So he just wasn't eating. Um, then on December 26, 1980, a guard that was uh, walking around doing cell checks, he found Richard kind of lying a little weird on his bed and he wasn't breathing. Uh, he was dead. He was dead. Um, later, an autopsy determined that he had committed suicide with an overdose of uh, prison doctor prescribed antidepressants that somehow he had managed to stockpile up. So, yeah, he he died. <laughs> he killed himself, which kind of makes me sad because I wish that, like, you know, he had actually had to pay for his crimes but anyway this was just kind of like a a vague overview there's definitely a lot more 
readings you can do. Um, I just thought I would give you an idea because I heard this like briefly spoken about on a on a podcast, but like she didn't really go into detail. So I tried to go into a little more detail, but it's, it's I thought it was so fucking crazy and I'd never really heard anyone talk about it before. So I thought I would do an episode on it. So I hope you guys liked it. I'll try to get into the habit of a schedule with with this recording and researching and posting. So thank you for tuning in and I will see you next week. Bye.